0: need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host Betsy Helmuth guys have you been good or have you been oh so naughty we're gonna find out today today I am revealing the first of my two-part series the naughty word list We're gonna go through words A through M today, revealing those things that you should never, ever, ever buy. Don't ask me about them. Don't write in. I don't wanna hear about it. These home furnishings suck. I'm gonna reveal it today. Now, Betsy, you're thinking, that sounds really harsh. Take it easy, slow down. And I'm gonna tell you guys, we have such a short time together. I can't mince words. I have to tell you how I really feel. We have a relationship that's such that I don't want to hold these secrets from you. We have to be straight shooters. These things are atrocious, and I want you to know about them. That's right. Big design, small budget today. Betsy Helms naughty word list, A through M. Let's dive right in. Let's kick it off with the whole horrible. I'm shuddering just thinking about them. Accent walls. When you paint or put wallpaper on only one wall in your space, you are basically telling people, I am terrified. I am terrified. I wanted to make a bold statement, but I wasn't sure. So instead, I copped out and just did this one puny wall and it looks like... I tried to go big and just put my tail between my legs instead. Guys, if you want to use a bold wallpaper, if you want to use a bright wall color, go for it. Just please, please, please do every wall. There are two circumstances in which you can get away with not doing every wall. The first one is if it's a modern build. Because there's no continuous moldings that go around, there's no decorative trim that continues from one wall to the other. So it can make sense in certain circumstances to just do one wall to create that big, impactful statement. The other time when it can be okay is if you're renting. If you're renting, I can understand that you may not want to paint or wallpaper every wall because you're going to have to take it back to its original state when you move. And that can be exhausting and super expensive. So guys, in those situations, perhaps you can entertain the idea of an accent wall But even then, really dig deep and ask yourself, should I just go the distance with this color or paper? The answer will almost always be yes. Time for my next naughty word on the naughty word list. I hate the word cherry. Now, I love cherries in general. I love pictures of cherries. I love eating cherries. What I'm talking about is cherry stained wood. I am really anti any wood that has a very strong red or yellow or orange undertone. I'm just not a fan of those super warm woods. Not only are they a little bit dated – hello 80s, hello 90s – they don't have broad appeal and they do tend to be more traditional. And I'm not anti-traditional at all. They're just not my jam. So when you're thinking about staining your floors or restaining your kitchen cabinets, avoid those yellow reds and oranges. Go for something that's just a nice cool brown instead, whether you go mid-tone, dark, or even a light ashy color. Let me just mention how much I hate Christmas lights. I love Christmas lights on Christmas. I love Christmas lights on a Christmas tree. Even tastefully stapled around a home outside, I can be into a Christmas lights display. I am never, never okay with Christmas lights if it ain't Christmas time. I can't believe I married my husband. When I met him, I met him in, hmm, early February. I walked into his apartment, maybe mid-March. You know, we got to know each other a little bit. I walked into his apartment and I was like, whoa, whoa. Christmas lights everywhere. He thought it was romantic. He thought it looked like twinkling stars. It looks like he's in the wrong season. It looks like he's a little bit in denial. Take down your Christmas lights if it's not Christmas, it's not cute, and it's certainly not romantic. Another thing I am not a fan of are clip rings. You know, those rings that hold up a curtain, but instead of the curtain going through, the rod on a rod pocket or even having grommets or those rings that are attached with a drapery hook. Instead, they've got those clips, like those chip bag clips that you're supposed to stick on your fabric. Nothing looks more dormtastic or diy than clip rings. They're just visually offensive and it's not even a cute rustic slash country look. It just looks like you're hanging up your clothes to dry. So not a fan, don't use clip rings. Another C word that I am just not into are collections. Whenever my clients say, oh my gosh, Betsy, I can't wait for you to see my collection of hummels. I can't wait for you to see my collection of magnets. You are going to love my collection of... You know the only thing that came to mind right then is fruit roll-ups? I don't know why that came to mind. I haven't had a fruit roll-up since I was in second grade. But anyway, I don't know what that was. But let me just put out there that I am not a fan of collections of any kind. Because when somebody hears that you have a collection for every holiday, every birthday, every anniversary, you are getting more of whatever that thing is. Be it elephant figurines be it baseball caps and it is going to grow out of control you may even no longer be interested in these items but word has gotten around that that is the go-to gift for you and they just pile up the other thing is that then you have to store and or display these massive quantities of whatever this one thing happens to be so automatically it's no longer a gracious display of your favorite things now it is wall to wall baseball bats wall-to-wall greeting cards, and it becomes a theme room rather than a gracious home. So just avoid collections. If you like something, get five of them. Don't tell anyone else that you liked it. Just get five of them that you enjoy and stop. Then move on to something else. This world is so filled with so many things to like. I think you can find another fixation. Something else that I hate but that is potentially unavoidable are cords. I know, I know. We have to have cords. Betsy, things have to plug in. I have to have lamps. I have to have Playstations. I get it. But try your best to conceal them. I really am not a fan of glass desks where I can see every charger cord, the cord from the lamp. I am a super not fan of open TV consoles. Super not fan. Is there, is there a shorter way I could have put that? But basically I don't love it when I'm staring at your TV and I can see all the cable cords, I can see the outlet. So get one that has a full back instead and then just use a drill to drill a circular hole in the back of that console where you can snake all the cords through. Or, in an ideal world, you'd snake the cords through the wall because I do love that look especially if you're mounting your TV. Another C word, as we're going through my naughty word dictionary that I absolutely hate, is custom. I had a client today call, and I was giving her the rundown of our services, and she was asking me, you know, would I help her pick fabrics for a chair? Would I help her pick out the ideal fabric for her new sofa? And yes, I will. I will do that. We will do that. But why don't you just go with something in stock? custom has a variety of challenges and she asked me what they were and i gladly told her and will tell you now the first challenge is that it's going to have a long lead time instead of getting that couch in two to four weeks it's going to be eight to twelve the second issue is it's typically more expensive which is fine if you're really excited about this piece but overall the stock colors are the stock colors for a reason they're the most popular and they're really nice The other thing that I don't like about getting something that is not in stock, getting something custom, is that it's very difficult to return. You've selected the fabric, they've made it just for you, you've waited and waited, and if something isn't to your liking, they're going to give you a lot more hassle if you want to send it back. So just avoid custom people, avoid it. Just go with in stock unless there's a real piece that you're willing to take the chance on. Moving on to D, we're talking decals. I don't like decals. Again, it looks like you wanted to commit to a mural, but you couldn't find the artist or didn't want to pay the big bucks. Now, the only place that I am open to a decal, and I happen to have decals in my own home in this place, are in a kid's room or a nursery. Because their tastes change so often. They like Thomas the Tank Engine one day, they like Frozen the next day, Or in a nursery where you're worried that they will pull down things, so you want it to be a safe environment for them, but you don't want to have empty walls. So decals can be a great way to get something big, colorful, without having it be a danger or a hazard if they pull it down on themselves. Those are the only two places, nursery or kids' room, where I think decals are appropriate. I also am not a huge fan of decorative finials. Decorative finials are in caps on a curtain rod that add a little bit of a flare, right? Maybe they've got a twisted iron pattern, maybe they're carved. Now, in my old age, I have softened to finials somewhat. So I've been more into like a simple crystal ball, I've been more into something circular just to complete the look. But it's certainly not a must and something I only do in homes that I'm wanting to look a little more formal or just to have a little bit more of a decorative touch. For my home, I'm finial free and I think it looks fantastic. I really hate anything that starts with the word fake. I don't like fake fireplaces. I don't like fake plants. I don't like fake Venetian plaster. I don't like fake hardwood floors. I don't really like anything fake. And that goes for faux. I don't like faux anything. Faux treatment on your wall. Faux rock facing. I just don't like faux or fake. Get the real thing, and if you can't afford it, get something else. I also don't like, sticking with f-words, flash sale sites. Flash sale sites are problematic. And let me just be specific. Flash sale sites are kind of like Joss and Main, Guilt Group, Groupon is sort of a flash sale site in that they now offer home furnishings as well as services. So there's lots of them. And basically, they offer a deal that's for a limited time only. You have to get it now. And once it sells out, it's gone. And sure, the price seems great. The price is great, but what are you really getting? You won't know till you purchase it. And once you have purchased it, you're often stuck with it. They often have horrible returns policies. I just don't like feeling pressured to buy anything. So I avoid flash sale sites. They're just not my favorite deal. Just in theory, even if they do sometimes have great stuff, I just can't get down with their policies. I also am anti-furniture sets. Now, you guys know that. I say that a lot. But I'm anti-furniture set. You need items that go together but did not come together. I do not get the two nightstands that match the two dressers, that match the big mirror, that match the bed. Instead, get things that are different. I love nightstands that are a completely different texture than the bed. For instance, in my bedroom, I have a gray fabric bed. My nightstands are a cream color. And my dressers are a rich wood tone. And it's beautiful. It looks super intentional and it looks like a designer went out and bought these things, really thinking about how they work together, but ensuring that I did not get them from the same store or just click a button and get it all from the same page in that catalog. Let's talk about another thing I don't like. Something that is quite controversial. (laughs) I don't like love seats. Love seat. What is it good for? You know, it's basically a really small sofa. You might as well just get a sofa. And if you already have a sofa, well, you don't need a little mini-me running around, so you might as well get two chairs. A love seat is great to sit two people who are in love, but for two people who are just in like, or maybe just met each other, not ideal. I don't want your knee touching my knee, so, I just recommend instead of getting the little sofa junior, get two armchairs, get an interesting chaise, shake it up a little bit, love seat, hum drum. And I particularly hate love seats that match the sofa because you know I don't like sets. I'm not a fan of matching. That means that the onus is on you to find the little sofa junior. That looks different from the sofa. Maybe its legs are higher, maybe it's a darker upholstery. It's just complex and uninteresting. Get armchairs instead. But when you're shopping for those armchairs, one thing that I would love for you to avoid is microfiber. I am not a fan. These days, especially, there are so many amazing performance fabrics. From Room & Board to West Elm to Crate & Barrel, the options are really limitless and they're often the stock selection because everybody wants something that's easy to clean. So really avoid microfiber because my main issues with it are there's a lot of static cling involved. When you rub your hand over it, you can see the direction of where your hand has rubbed and you can see where your booty's been sitting. I just think it's a fabric that doesn't look or feel very luxe. And I think there are a lot better options out there. So when you're shopping for upholstery, avoid that M-word. So guys, this has been my naughty list part one. Part two is coming up next week. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and the Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips. Things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. My first question comes from Stephanie. She writes, Betsy, do you have any recommendations for what to do with bicycles? I've seen some people display them on walls, but I'm not sure how practical, safe, or clean that is. We live in Boston and have limited storage, and my boyfriend has two bicycles, and I have no idea what to do with them. Right now, one is hiding in the corner of our kitchen, and the other is in our stairwell. But I'm sure it will just be a matter of time before he brings it into our space. Thanks again, Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie, I feel you. I do not like bicycles. I know. Isn't that horrible? That alone is controversial. I am not a bike rider. I am not a bike fan. My kids don't even have bikes yet, which is a problem. I will remedy that. I'm just not pro-bicycle, especially in a house. It is not a bicycle. It's a roommate. Those things are big and they belong somewhere In a shed, in a garage, somewhere that's meant to be dirty. I hate the idea of tracking all that track into your space. So I love the idea that he has relegated one of his two bikes into the stairwell, and I sure wish they could both go there, even though I know in New York City that is often not allowed fire hazard. Fire hazard. So most of the time, the bikes have to make their way inside. I am a big fan of hiding these bikes, so if you can, put it behind a sofa. I'm totally into that. The problem with constantly moving a bike is it needs to be in a place that's really accessible so you're not trudging as much dirt through the house, but also so that way you don't have such a long walk with it or else you're never going to ride it and what's the point? So ideally it would be in a place that's relatively close to the door. I do love bicycle wall mounts. I have seen some really cool ones, and they're typically very affordable. My favorite ones are from CB2. I also really love one from Wayfair, and I'm going to put them on my website, BigDesignSmallBudget.com, under the show notes page, so that way you can see the exact ones I'm referring to. But I actually think that these are chic, and if you approach bicycles in the right way, with the right mindset, which obviously... Uh, I don't always do. But when you approach them the right way, they can be like sculptures. So I do like to look at my walls and say, where's the void? Where can I use a little something interesting to give that wall some flavor? Just make sure that you accommodate the fact that they do protrude. So even if you're hanging it flush to the wall in terms of it being parallel, that handlebar is still going to come out quite far. So I hope that you have higher than normal ceilings to help accommodate that situation. And also, I hope that you use a very durable wall paint. For instance, Benjamin Moore's Aura Spa and Bath. You could go ahead and use that throughout your main space, even though it's a little bit more expensive, or certainly on the wall that's just behind the bike. Because that way you could really scrub it off when it gets muddy and gross and scuffed. So I hope that helped. Check out the show notes page for my specific bike picks in terms of awesome mounts and now let's move on to a question from kimberly kimberly writes betsy i have a question for you slip covers i get that we want to preserve the life of our couches especially if we have children or pets but i feel like using slip covers deprives you of the enjoyment of your furniture especially because so many slip covers are horrible and ill-fitting what are your thoughts on this are you on team slip cover Are there any brands you particularly recommend? Thank you. Kimberly, I am not on team slipcover. I am on team no thank you slipcover. I think a great slipcover is an oxymoron. I think that both bicycles and slipcovers should be on my naughty word list. Slipcovers are granny panties for your furniture. They're baggy, saggy, ill-fitting, and even the ones that are meant to cinch and tie often look horrible and really dowdy, and they make your furniture look rough. In lieu of a slipcover, I like to use a nice throw blanket that's tucked in. You know, you could put it over the back, but then also tuck it in in the middle and have it come down over the front. I do think a nice throw blanket is the way to go, especially if you have naughty pets or kids and just want to protect that central part of the sofa. I also think you just shouldn't buy a sofa that's so precious that you need to cover it. Get a sofa that... You know, can take a lickin' and keep on ticking and won't look like crap. That means don't get a white sofa. And I really don't like a white slipcover. And the other problem with slipcovers is after you wash them, which is the joy of the slipcover, they tend to look super wrinkly and then you have to iron it and it becomes quite labor intensive. The only slipcovers I do enjoy are the ones that actually zip on, the ones that are super tailor made to that specific sofa. Crate and Barrel used to have a line of sofas that had their own slipcovers, and Ikea has an amazing selection of sofas that have custom slipcovers that you can buy separately, that zip, that velcro, that fit so tightly you wouldn't know that it's not its native upholstery. So those are my only exceptions to the rule, and thanks for reminding me of another naughty word. Guys, it has been a pleasure as always. Do you have naughty words you want to add to my list? can't wait till next week to hear my second part of this amazing naughty word series write me betsy at affordable interior tell next time everyone bye you've asked for it and we have answered the call for years you've been saying betsy Bye.